Welcome to the Backyard Buddhist Podcast, where we continually seek everyday enlightenment for the benefit of ourselves and all other beings. I'm Ron Powell McLean, and I'm here with my good buddy, Danny Hobart. Today, we're talking about what it means to go beyond, thoroughly beyond, beyond the beyondest beyond. Hey, Dan. Shinyata happens. Shinyata happens. I'm getting that t-shirt. Shinyata happens. You're not getting that t-shirt because I invented that saying and I've copyrighted it and trademarked it and patented it and also the feeling of it and the knowledge of it. I'm claiming ownership. (laughs) If only I could explain it in any cogent form or fashion, I'll be right there. My goodness, maybe maybe our maybe our podcast today is about Shinyata. <laughs> well, it is sort of a big thing, and you mentioned a big thing, a big so thing. it is a big thing. Yeah, you know, <laughs> beyond beyond is one thing. Beyond, but is you one get thing. into the beyond, the beyond. Uh, okay, beyond that, and then it's some more, and some more, and some more. Well, that's funny. So what's again? Well, what's beyond? <laughs> What's what's beyond the beyond? Now, the same thing that's beyond, um, right? Shunyata. I know. I know. <laughs> Shunyata Again, happens. Pretty yes. much, well, I invented it. Let's just well, figure that one out right now. Let's just stay in script. You that know. and post it. You. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Scotch tape. Whatever. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. The great vast emptiness of everything beyond the beyond is beyond of the beyond. Yeah. Go and keep going. And then go some more. And where do you go to? That's a good question. Mm. Mm. Quite the question. I'm sure you have a an easy answer and then we'll have a four minute podcast this week. Okay, well, the, that's that journey is to right here, right now, this See? moment, this moment. <laughs> Everything lies within this moment. I mean, it's that's hard to wrap your head around, but you know, and really, a lot of where we're going today is you know understanding all of those trip hazards along the path. Like all of those things that we just get caught up in. I think Pemba Chodron calls it Shenpa. It's like the hook that yep. that catches you and pulls you or holds you. And, you know, I, I do a lot of chanting the uh, seven-line supplication to Padmasambhava. And the yep. then there's the you know the the short Om Ahung Benzar Guru Pema City Hung that you know you chant over and over and over again. I've mm-hmm. done that particular piece of it um, at least 108,000 times. Um, that was my intention, and then you know everything beyond that. So um, lots, but you know when we kind of noodle into what does that mean? Om Ahung Benzar Guru Pema Siddhi Hong. And, you know, of course, there's going to be some different um, interpretations of it. But, you know, Om Ahung, my teacher would say, body, speech, and mind, Om Ahung. So, yeah, starting, you know, starting on the forehead, Om uh, at, the, at the mouth and Hung at the heart, heart, mind. So body, sweets body, speech, and heart-mind. So the brain is thought to be part of the body, not the mind. So there's a, a difference in, um, in interpretation there. And then the rest of it, the, the Benzar Guru Pema Siddhi Hung, show me, show me, reveal to me the wisdom the wisdom of the masters of the guru and as we as we chant that chant we merge and melt with the guru understanding that we are the guru 
the guru is us. It is you, it is me, it is everything. So leaning into that and understanding that this is an example of the understanding of what is skillful and unskillful. So when we learn, when we learn to lean into our own compass and we can see, oh, that of my own actions, that in hindsight was skillful or that in hindsight is unskillful. So hindsight is our, our massive um, tool right at the beginning of our practice because we can look back and see, oh, I reacted maybe a little unskillfully. We won't call it good and bad. We won't call it right and wrong. Let's call it skillful and unskillful. Yep. And the unskillful usually comes from not being aware. So it being an unconscious reactivity to some stimulus. So things like right and wrong, like and dislike, separateness, anger, revenge, attachment, aversion, all of these things are really sort of laid out and, and trip hazards for us. So in this chant, I am asking to see my own actions in body, speech, and mind, and the masters that came before me. So when I read Longchenpa or I read Padmasambhava and read the wisdom that is written from the masters that came before, I'm looking for examples of skillful body, speech, and mind. So in the, in the seeking the guru within myself, I must be able to see those things as well. So there's this natural tendency that we have though, that we trip on those likes and dislikes. That's the very first thing right out of the gate is we just screw it up when we say, I don't like that. I'm not doing that. This whole thing with the masks is driving me insane. Like I can't, I can't watch one more video of someone screaming at a, at a, at a teller or a, a, a grocery store clerk because they refuse to wear a mask because they just don't like it. They don't like it. They're inconvenienced. They're uncomfortable. Well, to jump in a second on that, yeah. and we are, we are, so everybody knows we are very much aligned politically and in, in many other ways, if you couldn't tell that by now, but <laughs> I will tell you the mask thing is a representation of a greater discomfort, right? It really is. It's um, the you, them, they, they the who keep telling me what to do. The government right. will not infringe don't tread on me the government will not infringe anyway i don't want to get distracted by the <laughs> mask issue but i wanted you know they're really it, it is a really really good issue to sort of practice on if especially for any of our listeners if it's a a thing that they're encountering i'm sure they are we have people in countries that have adopted it Right. Uh, according to our news, extremely well, and people are conducive here, as probably everybody has seen on their news, uh, not so much for us. I kind of, you know, in for me, US. I kind of look at it, you know, as the same as, you know, a lot of our stores, you know, you walk into a store and there's that little, that little thing at the side of the store, it, maybe not so much in the city, but, um, you know, you get out into rural areas and there's definitely a sign in the window that says no shirt, no shoes, no service, like, because it's an issue, right? So uh, I imagine this to be like, you know, when we decided as a society that shoes were sort of mandatory to be in a 
you know, in a public business or a restaurant and now it's a mask and I just don't care. Like I put the mask on and I sort of forget it's there. I'm that guy now that, you know, I get halfway home and I'm like, Oh, I still have the mask on in my car by myself. And I just kind of forgot it was there. You know, I'm putting it on for the right reasons. I understand why I'm doing it. I'm keeping myself safe. I'm keeping others safe, but I'm also captain safety. So like, that's part of my, part of my being is I want to do the right thing. And that means to me, you know, a lot of rule following. And even if it's, you know, if there are rules in place that don't seem to make sense to me, I will do the right thing when with that rule. So if masks were not um, required in a business, in a store, whatever, I'm still going to wear the mask because it feels to me like the right thing to do. I'm not looking for someone else to give me the keys. So we're doing that in a lot of ways. We're doing that in a lot of ways with, with our likes and dislikes and this, like this infighting political infighting about whatever the hell is on TV. Like today. I mean, we don't want to wear a mask, but then we want the government to give us a, you know, a check while we're, you know, while we're quarantined. Yeah. So you want that, but you don't want that. Like just do the thing. Let's all try to do the right thing and be kind and be compassionate to each other. It's been driving me a little crazy. So logic, logic is not going to solve the problem. Right. But in terms of, you know, in terms of the discomfort of it all and these in, in the broader picture of likes and dislikes, I'll tell you what my experience is with that. And, and I, I tend to rabbit hole these things. So if it doesn't make sense, just bear with me. Uh, the like and dislike thing to me, that when I get into that, my trigger now, I'm, I'm triggered by it. it. Not like I have to tri- be triggered and go crazy, but I'm tr- the, the, it's a trigger for me. And what it means to me is that's at me placing judgment on a thing. And that judgment, I've decided good, bad, ugly, like, dislike, correct, wrong, whatever. So (laughs) in order to not do that, in order to be aware of that, I get triggered. Oh, you're judging a thing. What that then translates for me, the meaning behind that, for me to be aware of this judgment, that that's how I experience it, is that it's compassionate for me not to be judgmental about it. Mm-hmm. That's my experience with it. So, and that also relieves me of whatever thing I was thinking, you know, it, it, it sort of, it takes away, it, it takes it away and allows it, it allows me to see a thing for what it is without the color of my personal judgment. Right. So, and that, that's important to me because I'm all the time, I'm not compassionate with myself. You know, that, that's one of my, my things. I, that's one of part, big part of my practice, something yeah. I work on. Yeah. So. Which then, you know, and I'm just going to say for, you know, for all the listeners and, and for us who, who know <laughs> that when we have an issue like that, with ourself, with ourselves, that we are projecting that also outwardly. So, you know, a lot of the work that I recommend that you do is self and self first. Self-help means, you know, to me is not trying to improve yourself, but improve the relationship with yourself being kind, being compassionate, being nurturing, being sweet, you know, being tough when you need to be tough, but not, you know, not judgmental and cruel. Mm -hmm. Because we've all been trained 
I've, you know, the cruelest thoughts about me and the cruelest words about me have come from me. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, that's part of the reflective nature of this guru practice. Right. Exactly. Deity practice to me is, is looking and seeing when I look at someone and I feel agitated and irritated and not compassionate and I feel judgy, the work is not on that person. The work that it is showing is that I have work to do, that I have things I need to address with myself about kindness, about compassion. And that's where the work should be. If you make an entire life's practice, your own nurturing and your own projection of compassion, once you get that inside you, it emanates everywhere. But we've been sort of trained you know, as good people to give ourselves away and give away all our energy outwardly, do for other people. And not that that is innately wrong, but if we're looking to really benefit countless people, then we need to do the work within. We need to cultivate that within ourselves. That's, so that's that's not natural. That's like it's like you not said. natural. It's so no. conditioned mm -hmm. to be opposite of that. Yeah, the exact opposite. <laughs> Which I don't know who came up with that. Nobody asked Buddha apparently when they, <laughs> they no that, barely that, when, they, when they made the rule book. Know, yeah, right. They're like, oh, we'll, we'll we'll just go ahead and do it the uh, this other way. Right. Let's yeah. Oh. Let's give it all away and yeah. exhaust yourself and. You know, there's mm -hmm. just nothing to give after that. It's just exhaustive right. and just, you know, we, we just get depleted, depleted of all of our even motivation to continue. You know, we get depression because we are just pooped. We're done. We've given it all away. Used it all oh, up. Yeah. Well, of course, everybody knows that feeling. Good. Good gracious. Um, yeah. You know, something else I like to throw in when we talk about this topic is a reminder to people, and this is, again, from my own personal experience, when you do judge things, because I do, and Ron still does, and we all do, and we all will, and we all practice that, but when you do that and you become aware of it, that's be, be gracious with yourself about that. That don't don't do the thing i used to do which is be critical like oh i did it again yep can't i can't get it figured i know better and i still did it anyway yeah like don't don't be hard on yourself about it the the compassion part works for that part too so when when you can catch yourself and be awake and aware be aware of some judgment or something or some discomfort a like or dislike that's a, that's a win people. That's yeah. a win. And, yeah. and, and give yourself credit for, you know, learning for practice and be compassionate. That's, the, you mm -hmm. know, that's the whole yeah. thing that we can be, this can be compassion in action. When we have awakened awareness about our own condition, then we can react with compassion. We can see it for what it is. And then we can react in a way that is nurturing and cultivating and not setting further crappy karma into play. Like start, start basic, start with yourself. The other thing I want to, you know, I want to really, really point out is this separateness that we all seem to feel we get mired in this separateness that I feel my own body, my own thoughts. No one is like me. No one sucks like I do. No one has the same problems that I do. And we get so mired in that. And just taking a, you know, a little step back to look around and look at other 
look at other humans around you having their experience. And it's just no darn different. It's just no different. We can see when people are reacting unskillfully, it's because they're hurting in some way. They're suffering in some way. So, you know, we always want to, to lean into the first teaching, which is the Four Noble Truths, is to understand first that there is an issue. Second, that there's a cause for that issue. Third, that there is a medicine for that issue. And fourth, that the medicine for that issue is your active awareness. All of your, all of your suffering is coming from attachment. Beyond the beyond is beyond. All yep. to get back to where we are right now. Yeah, absolutely. So what do you think about when you think about beyond? Like, where do you go when, when I say beyond? My visualization is an all is um, space. I try to I picture in my mind infinity. Now, that's like the mystical science fiction fantasy, awesome creativeness in my brain that I just love the idea of infinite and different and unknown. Uh, that's the fun part, right? Uh, as I practice, as, as I ease off the gas pedal, uh, you know, it very much becomes, I've really taken to heart. You know, it's funny. Some of the things you tell me, these little pith instructions, they're awesome. And, it, it, you know, you listen to enough, you get one that counts that, that uh, staring at the carpet it, right in front of you. <laughs> Yeah. On my floor. Yeah. That's, that's, that's where the beyond, the beyond, the beyond really is yeah. for me. That's, yeah. that's, that's where I come to. Um, I like to imagine it's like an awesome endless nothingness of awesomeness and emptiness. And, but right. it's really right. Literally in front of me, under me. Yeah. Around me, you know, and my immediate, my immediate yeah. space. It's which, all around no, which I will also say, another pith, that that immediacy is no different than the galaxy far, far away. Yeah. It's all That's the true. same moment. So think of right. the interconnectedness of that moment. So when we're talking about beyond, when I'm talking about beyond, I'm not talking about another space or time. I'm right. talking about everything that's going on in this very moment. Just picture that. Like, I want you to picture two places. One, okay. the carpet in front of you. Yep. That little space right there. Right. And then pick, pick a space that's 25 miles up in the atmosphere. These, these spaces are both in this moment. Yeah. interconnected, inseparable, not apart, nothing separate. And everything is happening right now. Even our thoughts of past and future are in this moment. And shunyata, that vast, luminous, void, emptiness, is all of that. Everything arises from that. So think of that shunyata, that, that everythingness, that emptiness as ocean. And everything that arises from it, it could be a wave that has, you know, a, you know, a, a short life. And where does it go? It goes back, back into its place in the ocean. Space, time, thoughts, energy, all happening right now. 
this moment. I know that's a really, really big thought, but an important one for you to understand because we get really caught thinking about the past and we get really caught planning for the future. And we were talking, you know, a little bit before our, our recording today about age, you know, and getting older and, you know, there will be that time that we will know that we're, you know, we're coming close to the end. <laughs> right. And boy, that's an uncomfortable thought. What about, you know, what about all that I am and what have all, what about all that I've done and all that I've acquired? Right. Well, hmm. what about that? What about that? So about you've, that? you've anchored yourself in a lot of, illusions and caused yourself a ton of suffering around it. The stuff doesn't matter. The stuff is nice. I like having nice things. I like to have, you know, a cozy bed and, you know, a lovely, you know, thing to play music on and nice carpet. <laughs> like It's yeah. all... I'm lucky enough to have seen the birth of Venus, you know, in person. Uh, it's amazing. Let me tell you. <laughs> amazing. I love it. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's all happening in this moment. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it is a big thought. It's a big concept. It's a big idea. It's probably some of the space agey stuff that people would pick on Buddhism for. You know, there's always the going to be a mystical component to, you know, even yeah. to every religion, yeah. I'd say, you know, because it's part of what, what it is. There's, you know, like a lot, of, you know, there's, um, Yes uh, and no. What was, I, what was I reading? I was reading uh, Maya Yoga, and they refer to it as the great magic show. That this is all the great magic show. You know, and it is, right? It is. We're all, we're all doing it all the time, right? Yeah. It, it, until we're not. Right. And, but it's not, it's not make-believe like how we live such a great part of it is make believe right you know if you like the matrix yeah uh, <laughs> then then you're right on key actually if you're yeah in a lot of ways that the the guiding concept is absolutely right wake up wake up wake up and even ask yourself i you know you know i do this dan i did this to you <laughs> blew your mind and i said you know yeah. is which is the dream? Mm -hmm. You know, is it the, is the sleep the dream or is the awake the dream? Right. Do you really know? And does it matter? Doesn't matter. I mean, just the inseparableness of like breath and air. And like, I think about, when I breathe in, I'm, you know, I'm breathing into my experience, breathing into my body, and I'm breathing out into bigger body, bigger mind. So there's no separation of that breath. So my out breath is the in breath of the ultimate we're completely inseparable so i know you did that to me early on like <laughs> it's like a year probably like two years ago you're like oh yeah because you know i like the easy ones like what happens to your hand when you open your fist where what <laughs> happens to your fist where's is it there or is it not or what's the sound of one hand clapping right <laughs> The right. classic, like the classic Buddhist riddle. Uh, Go on stuff, and you're like, yeah. yeah. And so you're like, oh yeah, try this one on. You're 
<laughs> inhaling is the same as exhaling. Okay. You know, like it's all funny. It's all funny games guy? to you, isn't it? Yeah. But look at the rookie. So watch, you, watch this. Why do you have to take you away know? my sleep? Now I'm going to think yeah. about it for smoke. Is the smoke three o'clock like in the morning. Yeah. Smoke pours out of my ears like, you know, the, machine, the mice are working overtime right now. Turning the gears of my pea brain. But that's part of the, you know, that's part of the wisdom path is really embracing that all of this has a quality of illusion and a quality of reality. So there's, you know, there's both happening at once. But when we just mire ourselves in the, what feels like the physical reality of solidness and separateness is where we really draw the line and subscribe to suffering. Suffering, boy. Shunyata, suffering. Yeah. Awareness. They're all big in their own right, right? They I mean, are. They're big. all big. That's all big. But you know, and it's also. But then we trip on we trip on the. St- I'm going to say it: the stupid little things. Like <laughs> the judgment. I started. To, I started to. I started to stop myself. But it's the stupid little things of I don't like that, or oh, I yes. only like that. Yeah. I like that. So like. <sighs> and that thing people get like that look in their eye or the, the way they, the, the tone in their voice of, I don't care what you say. This is how it is. I know. I'm not doing like, it. I don't care. You could prove to me that purple crayons are made from, you know, baby deer. And I don't care. Cause I, that's my favorite crayon. Like you're not changing my mind. Like people really, me, you, all of us, we really get caught up in that boy. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then, and then the real trick of it is you start to define yourself by your likes and dicks uh, dislikes. Now, yep. what kind of a, what kind of a dream is that? I, what is that? I mean, what is that? I, you know, well, and <laughs> what an ugly anchor, right? You know, I had, oh, you so know, hard. this is going to be, this is such a mundane epiphany, but you know, I, I discovered blue cheese and Dan, you know me, you know me. I love cheese, but I hate blue cheese. That is the most disgusting thing ever. It's made from it's mold. Like there's just visible mold on it. My whole life. I'm like, ah, that no, get it away. That is horrible. And it was, I ordered this salad and it was in the salad and I'm like, I didn't have the energy to pick it out and I ate it. And I was like, Oh my God, this is the best thing ever. (laughs) My literally I'm 52 years old and I've spent my entire life hating blue cheese, blue cheese dressing. And now it's all I want. (laughs) I'm like, can I get blue cheese with that? Is, is there gorgonzola? Do you have gorgonzola? <laughs> Sir, that's ice cream that They're you still... ordered. <laughs> and, and you want blue cheese want in blue your cheese. vanilla. Uh, okay. All right. Then. All right. This, this has added a whole dimension to my salads. Let me just tell you. It's flavorful. It, it is, is quite flavorful. flavorful. And mm-hmm. I, I'm a little embarrassed that I, <laughs> that hey. I went this long. But, you know... When you when you have the moment of awareness that oh crap I was wrong <laughs> I was wrong about something now I I'm going to caveat that by saying that cilantro I will never like <laughs> uh, I just ha- because it's horrible <laughs> yeah they they fixed up what used to be a pretty popular Chinese restaurant years and years ago in my town here and they changed it to they just now totally re, remodeled it it's gorgeous and changed it to mexican and it's fairly authentic uh but yeah the 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 you know they bring salsa and you know it's fresh and it's good but it's got cilantro in it and 
I can eat the cilantro, yeah. but I definitely prefer not the cilantro. Yeah. That was it's, a long way to say cilantro, I can eat it, but it's not my favorite. It, there's, there's certain applications, like if it's in a tomato thing, like if it's in salsa, it's not completely disgusting to me. <laughs> but if you just like rip it up and put it on top of my, you know, on top of my curry or something, it ruins it for me. It just well, so let's talk. It. So let's talk about that, right? Yeah. Because it doesn't matter if your body has uh, uh, cilantro or not. It doesn't matter if that goes yeah. in your mouth or not. Not necessary. <laughs> <laughs> no matter what you say, I like that purple crayon. Yeah. I don't care how many deer died, little baby frogs had to die. Um, you know. So is that all right? Is that okay? Can you have awareness and not like cilantro? Yeah, I'm pretty aware that I don't like cilantro. <laughs> I'm yeah, pretty pre aware of it. Preferences are all right. Not everything is a giant, a giant judgment. And a no. you know, you don't just have to sit still and be quiet under a tree and have no action to be Buddha or to experience Buddha or awakening. Well, you know, let's you use know. a let's use a, a more a more blatant um, example. Like, you know how much chanting means to my practice. Like, yeah. I do a lot of chanting. I do a lot of centering with the chanting practice. So it's getting a lot of that that head talk to quiet down and point my attention to the facets of compassion and wisdom specifically um, and awakened awareness, spontaneous awakened awareness, the guru within me, the Vajrasattva within me, the Chenrezig in me. I point to the facets of those deities and awaken them within myself. So when you come to a Sunday service with me, you know you're going to get chanting. <laughs> you know we're going to start with chanting and we're going to end with chanting and we're going to do a bit of it. And I often explain and say, you know, think of it as sound and vibration. It's not so, it's not so much about singing. For some people it is singing, but you know, there's a point in understanding your own like or dislike of that action. And where are you getting caught up? Because there are people who just refuse. I can explain it all day long and say, you just have to, you know, just have to make some sound and enjoy or experience, not even enjoy, experience the sound and vibration that's coming from you, that's coming from around you. And still people sit there with their little mouth shut and looking like I just peed on their shoe. <laughs> a little pissed off because, I, you know, he told me I have to chant. Well, try it out. And, and understand that when we're looking at everything as Dharma, everything as teaching, look to that as teaching. If you're getting mired in like or dislike, and it's, it's both, because there are people in the room who love the chanting. And if I take the chanting away, they are not happy, <laughs> right? Because they love the chanting. So now you've, now you've set the parameter of I love chanting and I have to have the chanting and I'm attached to the chanting. And then someone else has a massive aversion to, I don't like the chanting. I don't like the foreign words. I don't like, I don't pronounce it well. I'm not a good singer. I don't like the way it sounds. I don't like the way it smells. <laughs> I don't, you know, it just, it's not going to happen. And for both of those, there is an understanding and a teaching for you. Cookie cutter just for you to understand your own reactions. As simple as that, like and dislike, the first trip hazard in our practice. Yep. First 
and most plentiful probably yeah yeah. At least for a lot of us. Yeah. yeah, pretty much you trip over one and trip over the next, trip over the next. You you practice it enough or you're, you know, you, you're able to pick it up enough. Doesn't, some people faster or slower, doesn't matter. But you start to realize how much it affects all the rest of your daily life. How much of your likes and dislikes control your behavior guide your behavior contribute to your behavior yeah it's when you really 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 sit still with it it's all it's that's a big thing right there actually right that's a that's a big concept well and think about all the things that we use as distraction to get away from those dislikes oh of course and anything and everything Mine's in the kitchen, usually. <laughs> Whatever I'm medicating with is usually in the kitchen. Yeah, mine has sugar in it. Yeah. Hmm? Oh, sometimes. Other people's. Mine might be blue cheese. <laughs> <laughs> it's my it's my new medicine. Your nemesis has become your friend. <laughs> the medicine. <sighs> I feel like that that's uh, that's got to be in like some old kung fu movie or something, you know. My nemesis is now my friend. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, I can I can see it. I can see it in subtitles. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, it's so good. You also so, know you're getting older when you like the subtitles on shows. Right? <laughs> but you, but you you found that control on your TV where you can increase their size. <laughs> Oh, half the half the screen is now now subtitles. That, I don't know what the something. picture looks like, but isn't that something? I wonder a lot about that. I wonder what my life would have been like. I, I shouldn't say a lot. It's a thought from time to time. You know, would I be where I am with Buddhism if I started this practice instead of at what forty? Three forty-four. if I was 23 or 24 you know and is it even possible that's a lot of life see that's, that's where a I, lot of life that's happened between then and now a lot see I, th- I think my my opinion is that it takes all of those experiences and yeah. you know the rough times that pointed us in a direction that we needed a solution. I know that's the case for me. You know, I, I, I really stumbled across Buddhism. I used, I have been using meditation for the better part of my life to help ease things like headaches and anxiety and depression and whatever just general irritation and anxiety level, I guess. Um, But Buddhism, I stumbled upon through the meditation practice and I had struggled, you know, from our last podcast, the losing my religion. I, I really had been missing something and searching in at times for something, but trying not to get too, um, too far in because I would, you know, I would see things that bothered me about specific religions and specific teachers and that sort of thing that made me just go, Oh, did you have to go there? (laughs) Did you have to go there? And I found Buddhism and, you know, for the most part it has, is taught me, shown shown me, um, a little light around all of that, and to see the human side of these teachers, and see the human side of error when we're practicing things that maybe aren't the the real solution, but they are comforting nonetheless 
I could see and appreciate that for what it is, but I, I do wonder if I had seen it earlier in my life, if I would have understood it enough to engage and stay engaged. Yeah. It's a real chicken and an egg type of deal. Origins and motivations and backstory. You know, I'm a, history buff and it's always fascinating it's fascinating to me there's ultimately i know the answer which is why i rest easy with it is that no i was ready for this and open to this and sought this out and practiced with intention exactly when i was supposed to exactly i found it when i looked i needed it I wanted it. I was curious and I found it to be helpful. So ultimately the question is, you know, the answer for me is no, now's, now's the the right time. And I, you know, it's yeah. Now's the right time. That really, and that's what we were talking about before the podcast. That's part of that, right? Like, what's it like to get older? What's it like to, you know, we're, we're, whatever, middle age ish, you know, and depending on actually how long we live. (laughs) Well, I keep telling my buddies, I'm like, hey, you think you're middle aged? I go, that was 10 years ago, suckers. Right. You know, let's, let's say more like final third. (laughs) <laughs> maybe, maybe let's look at it like that. Cause how many years are just going to be like, eh, just kind of hanging out, sitting around like who knows. So, uh, but you know, it, it is, it is, uh, it, it's this practice for me, the moments of awareness and, uh, you know, I, I make no claims one way or the other, the, the, but the moments as they've, as they've come to me, as they've happened, as I've practiced toward them with intention, uh, are spectacular. And uh, again, it's exactly when it's supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah. Something very cumulative about when we really work with the idea of this moment, this present moment. And there's something very, very cumulative that is asserted within that moment because it does take all of our experience and all of our understanding, which we've had whatever time, you know, if you're 25 or if you're 50 or you're 60, it's, been that cumulative time for you yeah and that's all present here and now it's all it can be conditions that are causing you discomfort it can also be skillful so these these things are all abundant and it's important in this practice for us to be able to sort through and see And I, you know, I encourage you to look with hindsight to those times when you could see clearly skillful or unskillful behavior in yourself. And, you know, forgive it if you need to forgive it. I, you know, I was telling Dan, I had a moment earlier today, I threw asparagus across my kitchen because I was (laughs) frustrated. And yeah. Right. That's a very human thing. And instead of beating myself up and getting mired in my unskillful action, I took a breath and I took a step away and went, what just happened? What just happened? What, you know, and, you know, I'll blame it on a number of things, including, you know, my surgery and some (laughs) painkillers. But, you know, it's that forgiveness that understanding that's unskillful and i don't need to do that again i apologize to my husband for my outburst and you know cleaned up my mess and and 
we move on. But it's, it's really following that, those lessons that are important. Our natural state is beyond the dichotomies of like and dislike, far beyond frustration, anger, grief, and separateness. The masters have provided us shining examples of what wisdom and compassion look like, body, speech, and mind. Our inner guru knows and understands what our own skillful and unskillful actions, words, and thoughts look like. We know the difference and can see first in hindsight. And then through practice, we can catch ourselves in the present moment and shift our awakened actions. We all have this innate ability and you have seen it in yourself and others. So slow down, stop, and just flow into the stream of awakening for the benefit of all beings. Thanks, Dan, for hanging out with me and talking about the beyond. And thanks to all our listeners from all over the globe. We appreciate you. Before uh, we sign off, uh, there's a quote that comes to mind from very much a non-Buddhist. Do what you can with what you have where you are. That's Teddy Roosevelt. Who knows? Maybe he secretly practiced Buddhism. He was pretty cool. <laughs> so you always have your body and your mind and your you know, body, speech, and mind with you, folks. So remember that. In, in the great tradition, then, Pawa, thank you for this. And, folks, meditate as fast as you can. I know.